Seems like just yesterday my dad picked me up after my first year at college. Mm -hmm. We popped a couple of beers, and he said, now, you're a man. And today I get to say the same thing to my son. Honey, your speeches embarrass him, so try and do what the kids say and just be cool. Hmm? I think I bring new meaning to the word cool. back we're back everyone's yes, excited did you say everyone's excited i can hear the cheering happening now <laughs> just stop pause <laughs> listen yeah it's there it's there welcome to growing up punk the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends uh my name is david and this is my friend i am aaron you are and uh before we get into this uh ex- exosode that's not how you say that this this episode i think i was trying to say next expedition epi- this expedition <laughs> um <laughs> uh about you know we're, we're continuing our blink 182 series let's get the uh social media stuff out of the way go ahead follow us on instagram and twitter at growing punk pod you'll find our personal instagrams and twitters there as well uh you can find us on facebook you can find us basically everywhere we're on youtube um uh, yeah so and what was i gonna say oh wherever you're listening make sure you rate review subscribe that kind of stuff share the show with your friends so that we can uh, grow the show a little bit you know what i mean you know what i mean let's grow the punk let's grow let's grow the punk <laughs> yeah that's, it's got to <laughs> grow up sometime right it's got to grow up sometime so um yeah what's up man what's new oh nothing it's only not been the, <laughs> <laughs> and the weeks the weeks just feel weird it's just oh kind sure of, Every day turns into the next, and you wait for the weekend just because it's a little bit different, but not too much yeah. different. But I was going to say, for me, it's not even different at all. I suppose for me, we don't have like school stuff we're doing at this point, but uh, okay. it's still all the same. I'm not going into the office at any point in time because obviously I've I've been off work for a month and a bit now. But uh, Yeah, that's awesome. Whatever. Yeah, I've yeah, been enjoying it. Yeah, how's that been? What's that been like? I mean, it's... Are you missing been... getting out of the house or... Yeah, to an extent, like, um, we, I, every now and then I, I'll go into work and go for Whopper Wednesday. So we're recording right now, which is a Tuesday night. Is that at and, work, Whopper Wednesday? Well, like I'll go with a buddy <laughs> from work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And, uh, the funny thing was, so here, that, this kind of made me laugh, but when, you know, everything started with, with COVID and everything was closing down and all this stuff, um, my boss had said, okay, new policy. You cannot, once you're at work, you cannot leave to go out, you know, to a re- like to get food from, you know, the drive-through or even go to the grocery store to pick up food. You can only bring your food, like your lunch and stuff like that, from home, which was kind of silly because it's like, well, what's, what's the Why? difference between, yeah. yeah, well, I don't know, it's just an overreach, but what's the difference between me, you know, going to the grocery store, say, the night before, uh, and bringing that food in versus going to the grocery store, you know, during work hours, because there's one that's literally, you know, like a two minute walk and bringing that back to work. But whatever the case, it was a thing they were doing for a bit, which I mean, if anything, it helped my waist and my wallet. So uh, that was OK, <laughs> you know, going and eating out less. But um, the big thing or the funny thing is, is that uh, a few weeks ago, my buddy texts me because obviously I've been off work and he texts me. He's like, oh. Uh, we're allowed to go for Whopper Wednesday again, starting <laughs> you know next Wednesday or whatever. Come back so, to work. 
Just for yeah, that. so we, yeah, just for that. So we went a couple weeks ago, and we're planning on going tomorrow. I've got a dentist appointment tomorrow too, so I'm like, my dentist is right next to my work, so I'm like, oh, let's go for Whoppers, and then I'll. <laughs> Are you going to say the dentist. dentist is right next to Burger King? <laughs> <laughs> Not too far, just up yeah. the street. But uh, yeah, so so anyway, Whopper Wednesday tomorrow. It's a good time. Every everyone should celebrate. I don't know if uh, if I've shared my Burger King story on the air before do i want to hear it uh, (laughs) (laughs) when someone says they have a burger king story i don't know if i want to hear it but i do at the same point very much want to hear it it was tragic i don't know if i want to get into (laughs) all the details let's just say it ended with me throwing out a pair of underwear in the bathroom oh and and that That is a burger king story that was the last time i ate there and that was probably oh man like i don't know 12 13 years ago at least maybe more yeah I appreciate your discretion in that story and just being like, no, li- listen, this is the end result, <laughs> throwing out a pair of underwear in the bathroom. So, I'll, you know, we could fill in the blanks, I suppose, from there. So, Well, it's cool. one of those things, you know, you just relate, like, maybe I just had a sick stomach before and it just happened to, yeah. to hit me there. But because it happened there and it was kind of like the sketchier, dirtier barbe- barbecue, dirtier, sketchier <laughs> Burger King in the city here. And it's right next to the Robin's Donuts that I had the worst three-hour work experience of my life in. And I just never wanted to step foot in that that spot again. You're just writing that complex of restaurants off. It's like, nope, not happening. (laughs) I will never (laughs) go there again. Um, It's funny, though, because I I, I don't have a Burger King story specifically. I do have kind of a humorous McDonald's story, and maybe you can relate to this in one way or another. But uh, I was going to play a show. I was in this two-piece. It was just me and a drummer. And we were going to play this show, and we had to get food. And so he says, oh, "What do you want to What do you want to eat?" And I said, "Oh, I don't care. Anything that'll just you know be out of my system by the time you know we go on stage." And so <laughs> we decided, well, McDonald's will get like my my original thought was just like I just don't want to eat and feel heavy, right? Like it wasn't yeah. so much that I literally wanted it to be out of my system, <laughs> well, but I was just like, yeah, it's, just it's eat a pretty something. good bet that would happen too. So. <laughs> just eat something and not get up on stage feeling like, ugh, right? So. Uh, we we settled on McDonald's, which it was obviously the out of my system, totally, fully out of my system by the time we went on stage. But I felt great, you know, going and playing the show because I dealt with everything <laughs> beforehand. But um, I did not have to throw out any underwear in the bathroom of the restaurant or the venue, though. So that's a win. That's a win. Yeah. Well, I got, that, I got to keep that. That's a good segue because when uh, this first album came out that we're going to talk about, I was working yeah. at McDonald's, so I've got well, lots of go. McDonald's stories from that time. Oh, right on. <laughs> uh, the, the only problem is we can't quite segue into that yet because we've got to first talk oh, about yeah, new music. Right. Yes. Um, so why don't we, uh, why don't you, which, which there's kind of a tie here, I guess, for, for your song um, in, in playing shows and playing in bands with people. So why don't you share the, your song this week? Yeah, the song I picked was the new single from Northcote called Keep On Saying Goodbye. Is your new girl? Is she up to your knees? I'm in over my head, reliving all the memories. And there's a picture that I kept of you and I laughing. Sometimes I get choked up when I think about that, and I don't know why. Do you know that I never want to, never want to, never want to cause you pain? I keep on 
North Coat is uh, kind of a folk singer songwriter, rock at times. Yeah, awesome dude all around. Um, so he's got a new album coming out this summer. Yeah, uh, it's been four or five years since the last album, so yeah. I'm I'm really excited for it. His last album was my favorite of his. Okay, um, I think the new one coming out won't be in the same style, but. Um, yeah, North Coast's one of those artists that just because I have a connection with him, I really like it. If, you know, well, I shouldn't say if it wasn't him, I wouldn't like it. Like it, it's still really good, but um, <laughs> just because it's him, you know, makes me appreciate it a lot more. Right. So this you, is the you, second you, single they released, and just an awesome feel-good track. So go check it out. That's awesome. Yeah, we've we've brought up North Coast before on the show uh, because he released another single not too long ago. Before right. that. Um, and I think we discussed then that my favorite North Coat album is the self-titled one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, I, I enjoy his music and have you been watching any of Matt's, uh, live like Instagram streams and stuff like that? Yeah, I've been, uh, cause they're at five o'clock my time, which is not very convenient. Right. Um, and so, but thankfully he's been uploading them just as a, a full length video. So I'll always go yeah. back and, and check yeah. it out and. Yeah. It's just funny because, like, I remember meeting him when you were playing in Means with him, and uh, I was just like, "Guy just seems like the nicest, like, most polite guy on the planet," which is hilarious because you know then he gets up on stage and he's just like playing this incredibly aggressive music or whatever, and just fully embracing it, but also wearing you know big soundproof earmuffs at the same time, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so he's he's a great guy, but just watching like those live streams where it's just him in, in a room. And obviously, like, musicians are, are doing this more and more with everything going on right now and, you know, the fact that there's no shows going on and whatever. But to, like, hear them interact with, you know, people who aren't actually there, it's just kind of right. funny to watch as he's just, like, super polite reading the comments and stuff. It's good times. But um, I think for my song uh, this week, we're going to stay north of the border, going to stay with Canada. Um, and actually, I, I want to say they're from Western Canada as well because oh. is, is matt on the west coast yeah he's in victoria yeah, yeah so last i saw he was in victoria i'm pretty sure these guys are i could be wrong about their location i'm, I'm sure they're canadian but uh weigh the anchor and their song medicaid came out a few weeks ago i didn't actually hear it until this past weekend um i know they were featured and interviewed on another uh great podcast uh, the pop punk and pizza podcast oh yeah um which Jacques has been on way back in the day yeah, i remember he was, that he did it yeah he did an episode 
uh, with me back when we were known as Music to My Peers. He was on the show. We talked about Boston Manor. Uh, but anyway, Way the Anchor, I guess I was saying, if you want to hear that interview, go check out the Pop Punk and Pizza podcast. Um, yeah, from Canada. I love I love hearing, you know, like stuff that's going on here um, because a lot of the focus isn't on isn't on Canada. And we're in Canada, man. So why not share some some sweet Canadian bands? Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's cool. We both picked uh, Canadian bands. I didn't realize yeah. that, that they were from there. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. I, I should I, I want to find out because I want to. I want to know for sure. I know they're from Canada. Where yeah, and they're a uh, three-piece too, so that's always cool. To, I'm, I, I'm always intrigued too because, like, when I was playing music, I mean, we were a three-piece for a long time, and so I'm always I was intrigued. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. 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 They are from Canada, but they're actually from Ontario. So uh, okay. I don't know where the where I thought West Coast came in, but yeah, it looks like they're from Oakville, Ontario. Oh, uh, this okay, is funny. Nice. Uh, a quintet based out of Oakville, Ontario, that boasts a late 90s pop punk feel while staying relative in today's music scene. There you go. Oh, why does it say quintet if there's only... I just there's a picture of three it, of them on the... I was say, there's also Spotify. only a picture of three of them, but it says, yeah, it's a quintet, so I don't know if that's accurate or not, but the picture's three of them. So that's... Now we got to dig a little deeper. We've we got, got a, a long-lost guitar player that just, like, plays yeah, a riff wonder. here and there and... I wonder, and in the picture on their Facebook page, it also only shows three of them. Maybe their manager makes them say he's a part of the band. <laughs> yeah, their manager, and then one other guy though, because it's saying there's five <laughs> people in the band. I don't know, but uh, whatever. Way the anchor. I, I really dig that song. Um, speaking of, you know, like late '90s pop punk that they mentioned in there. Let's get into. The, well, I mean, this would be early 2000s where we're getting into now. Continuing our Blink 182 series, I. I wouldn't say I misspoke last week because last week I said we were going to do Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and Cheshire Cat. Right. And if you noticed, oh, yeah. yeah, and if you know, immediately after we were done recording, I was like, shoot, let's do this. Um, if you notice, the title of this episode has nothing to do with, che- nothing to do with Cheshire Cat. So we're going to talk about Take Off Your Pants and Jacket and Neighborhoods because somehow I completely forgot about that record. And then I was like, oh, wait, we should, if we're really doing this, we should actually talk about it. So. We're gonna we're gonna get there. First though, we're gonna talk about Blink 182's Take Off Your Pants and Jacket.
So um, why don't you, you – you took the notes on this one, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good, because I didn't. <laughs> I was just going to say, just <laughs> as a joke, Cheshire Cat is like our band manager where it's like it says it's a five-piece, but there's only three there. So this episode yeah. <laughs> is on t- two albums yeah. but three. We're just not going to mention the third. If we're just not going <laughs> to – we're just not actually going to talk about Cheshire Cat. <laughs> uh, anyways, cool cool album. Go check it out. Yeah, I was yeah, – yeah. Um, yeah, I was – Looking forward to doing Neighborhoods too, just because it's one I haven't gotten into as much. So yeah, um, yeah. For well, so we mentioned uh, McDonald's already. So I was uh, working there. <laughs> That's just something I remember because I was biking or rollerblading to work or whatever. And and uh, this album came out. And also before we were recording, we were singing a, a Gob song. And yeah. the album uh, World According to Gob came out that I believe that same around the same time. So yeah. I always I always picture both of those together. Sure. Uh, me and my few friends were just really excited about those coming out, and um, and both kind of, I mean, the Gob album had more of a drastic shift in sound than than the Blink, but there was still something a bit different than Blink, and um, yeah. So this this album has a lot of memories for me. Have you know, we? Not to cut you off, but have we? I know you interviewed Theo, obviously, but have we done an episode on Gob? I don't think so. I feel like I went back and I was listening to, um, I can't remember the name of it right now, but I, I don't know why. Maybe you were just talking about it when you were doing your interview with the Yeah, I think I they've like, oh, come yeah. up a few times, but yeah, yeah, we could do that sometime. Anyway, anyways, back to, yeah. back to your, your story. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a list. This came out the, the summer, um, I guess that I finished grade 11, so I would have been going into my grade, grade 12 year, so it was a good way to, uh, to go into my final year of high school. Um, so this is Blink's fourth album, continues in the same pop-punk vein, but with some more post-hardcore leanings. Um, some songs definitely resemble what would become Boxcar Racer, um, which is maybe something I didn't really pick up on um, kind of until I was listening and looking into this. But there's definitely some parts on this album where I can just kind of see where Tom's thoughts or right. his thought process was going and writing. And um, this album brought some tension from their record label as they're the label wanted another hit album after Enema of the State. And I remember seeing comments um, from them, basically in spite of their label saying, you know, you want some hit songs? Well, here you go. We'll write some in 10 minutes. And right. And uh, so I think those were the songs were First Date and The Rock Show, um, which are both <laughs> awesome songs. Yeah. Um, just kind of funny that they kind of came out of a place of like, fine you want something you know we'll write you the catchiest <laughs> song you can you can imagine and we'll take none of yeah. our effort and leave um, us alone <laughs> and i mean those songs you know th- they turned out really good they they do maybe lack a bit of depth but i guess that kind of yeah. just goes to show um so this album had near immediate success and went on to sell over 12 million copies so it's you know as some of the other albums we were talking about that um, whether it was the blank or the side projects you know it took a bit longer to to reach those milestones but this one was uh, definitely a hit right away, and I remember it kind of being, you know, being a lot of buzz, whether it was, you know, magazines or record stores, and, yeah. you know, they had, uh, was it three three different versions of the album, kind of with the different artwork, whatever, and then each had a different hidden song on it, so it was kind of a cool way to, to get people to, you know, buy multiple copies or trade with their friends or whatever it was. Yeah, they actually, I want to say they... Um... I think there were two hidden songs on each. Like there was like a joke song and then a more okay. serious song yeah, could have been. on each of the, and yeah, I mean the discs corresponded with the, like the, the artwork, right? Like, yeah. so you had the, the red, the yellow and the green discs. And uh, I forget which one, 
I don't remember which color I had. I'd have to look it up, but I had the one uh, that had What Went Wrong was the song on it, which okay. you mentioned. Yeah, you mentioned Boxcar Racer and, you know, kind of some leanings. Boxcar Racer actually uh, played the song What Went Wrong, I guess, live on occasion. Oh, um, cool. And it's just like, a, yeah, it's just a straight up acoustic song and it's 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 real good. I still like it. I was actually playing it on the acoustic guitar just the other day. Oh, like, awesome. oh yeah, this song. But uh, yeah, continue with your with your your story and tidbits. Yeah, well, that was yeah, kind of all I had for that. But yeah, it's a, an album that you know I go back to a lot. There's always lots to take from it. Um, I love the progression from Enema and you know a little bit of shift in sound and just lots of interesting songs. I just you know as with a lot of their albums. Well, I guess maybe not a lot, but with Dude Ranch and Enema at least, you know, I can go back to a lot. I don't get sick of them. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much nostalgia to it and so much memory yeah. attached to it and just kind of makes me miss that time. Yeah, this this album for me, I think, is Blink-182. I've said this in the past on different episodes. Like, just their straight up, at their straight up pop punk best. Yeah. As far as, like, that, you know, writing those kind of more um, light and fun, straightforward pop punk songs, I think... This is definitely them really polished and pulling it off really well. Even in songs, like you said, where it was like, all right, we'll just write this in 10 minutes. Here you go. Like, just shows you sort of where they were. And then I I had never really thought about it. You brought it up about the boxcar racer thing. But as I was listening to to one of the songs today, I was like, oh, this reminds me of boxcar racer. Like something Tom would kind of start doing and something that he's doing on, you know, in the guitar work here. Um, Yeah. And obviously... Yeah, and obviously further into the career, he would kind of lean into that a little more. Um, but just to kind of see those early sort of things. And yeah, like, this is an album that just reminds me of... I was on the cusp of graduation, because I think this came out in 2001, right? Yeah. Was it the summer of 2001? I feel like it was the summer. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, but... So, like, that would lead me into my final year of high school and just, like, everything that kind of came with that. And I remember this summer... I was super pumped because I think this was the year they did, they they did a tour. Yeah, up the pop here. disaster. Was it? Oh, so that was the one with uh, Green Day. Yeah, and Jimmy World. So, because I was thinking there was another tour that they did that came up here that was Blink, Newfound Glory, Jimmy Eat World, and I think it was some forty one on it. It was oh, Edge Fest. Edge Fest. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, and uh, I I feel like that was this year because I missed out on it, and I was so like so bummed because i i was going to visit my grandparents on the east coast that summer and it was literally like the day after i left is when they were playing up here so i had all like all my friends went to it and talked yeah. about how great of a show it was i think uh, my wife was that, there oh yeah that may have actually i'm curious that may have actually been before this album came out the edge fest tour now that i think about it um because yeah, I think that was summer of 2000 because I want to say they were like doing the whole Mark, Tom and Travis show thing um, where they had, you know, like the the the, the F-bomb in the background, like lit on fire as oh, like, yeah, their yeah. kind of stage backdrop and stuff like that. I feel like that's what that might have been the year before, but all kind of like tied in just like those summer memories and like warp tour. couldn't wait for the summer and the warp tour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And then this one, I, I kind of have a funny story because... I don't know at this time if I really owned, I mean, I, I, I would have owned 
different albums that had like the explicit content these the explicit lyrics little you know logo on it or whatever but this one in particular i can think of because i didn't have my license i didn't get my license until shortly after i graduated and so my mom drove me in to calgary i lived outside calgary drove me into calgary to go to a and b sound to buy this cd and i was and I was buying a copy for my buddy as well. Um, and so when I got back in the car, because she didn't come in with me, I got back in the car and she was like, oh, so what'd you buy? So I like showed her and I was like, oh, this one I bought for my friend, you know, for Brandon. Um, but I bought like the edited version for myself because I was like, she would probably, I didn't know if at that point if she'd be like, get that garbage out of here sort of thing. She probably wouldn't have, um, you know, in the end, because I think my mom was actually pretty cool when it came to to uh music or whatever in the end when i was younger she was a little annoying but she actually threw out an aerosmith wow. tape that i bought but <laughs> i told that i told that story on a podcast once that she happened to listen to i told this story about how i bought aerosmith get a grip on cassette tape nice. and she threw it out right she's like no we can't have this and then you know like this was a number of years ago she sent me surprised me in the mail with a copy of aerosmith get a grip on cd <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah is that the one funny. with like the cow water on the front yeah yeah nice. yeah <laughs> that's the one that's the one anyway let's uh why don't we get into some of the songs on this record starting first with online songs Josie, you're my source of most frustration. Forget when I don't meet expectations. Everything you wish came true. In the end, we all blamed you. Even though as they all know you weren't the only one, two, three, four. This is a classic song about jealousy and wishing you could have another chance. There's some funny comments as reading through the lyrics about you know being online and screen names. Yeah. Really takes me back to a whole different era of the internet. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Yeah, but yeah, I love the intro. It's really you know such a classic to have that bass rolling with Mark singing. Then when the rest comes in, it just hits hard and really gets the album going. This has been a long-time favorite of mine on the album. I always love going back to this. I put it on lots of different mix CDs. and I love the bridge. It's got that classic, you know, the na-na-na's on it, which yeah. um, was synonymous synonymous with them. Synonymous. Yeah, synonymous, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just so catchy. And the drums do this really cool little kind of offbeat where he goes onto the china, and that part always just stands out to me. I love when it, when yeah. it comes to that part. But, yeah, the song goes by quick. You know, it's just two and a half minutes as I was listening to it. Um, it's like, oh man, that goes by so fast. But I guess that's kind of how it goes with uh, punk songs. Yeah, um, I've always loved this song about how we get to hear about Josie again. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know too. if this is you know the same Josie 
or if you know if 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 either of these songs are actually about a living person or if it's more just like songs he's written and then you know i'm assuming in the grand scheme of things josie i could this is probably out there somewhere josie and these two songs in the song josie and this one are the same like um he's he's referring to the same person whether it's just a character in songs that he's kind of created or if it's actually you know a person with a different name or actually someone named josie i don't know but i like the the whole tie into earlier blink stuff and yeah like the the fact that you mentioned you know like the screen name sort of thing i was thinking about that but then i'm always also like dude at the beginning and end of every episode i'm out telling people like go follow us on twitter and instagram <laughs> and essentially i'm dropping screen names right That's like true. we don't we don't look at them the same way necessarily but but i mean it's what they are right like um so do you remember like when this song would have come out like a screen name that you had at the time oh well i didn't i don't even know if i like we had a computer with internet but it was always sketchy (laughs) i don't think i ever had any like chat yeah Yeah. i can't remember ever my friend my friend had uh i think it was even icq even before msn came out Yep, um, yep. So he had it, but the computer we had was just so terribly slow and dial yeah. up. And so I never, I never had chatting this that's, year, I think. Funny. So I graduated well, yeah, in 2002, and then I think I got my own computer. And yeah. then I think MSN would have come out, but it was yeah, probably, MS- yeah. MSN would have been out at this time for sure, because I can remember being on okay, MSN in high was. school. Yeah, um, ICQ is funny because I don't even think you had screen names on ICQ. It was just numbers, like a yeah. series of numbers that you got. But um, I can remember specifically uh, when around this time that my screen name that I had on MSN was Martin Eugene Sebastian Samuel Ezekiel Dixon Ulysses Fillmore. <laughs> what is that and, supposed to mean well the whole thing was is that the initials of martin eugene sebastian samuel ezekiel dixon ulysses fillmore spelled messed up i don't know why oh, that's man. it just started as a thing between myself and my buddy grant we were like chatting on on msn one night and we just started throwing names back and forth and uh yeah and so that's that's what my screen name was for sure right around then um but you know I, I didn't hang on to that. Could you imagine Twitter? <laughs> Twitter would throw a fit if that was what I tried to use as a screen name now. Yeah, no yeah go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Martin Eugene Sebastian Samuel <laughs> Ezekiel Dixon Ulysses Fillmore. Um, <laughs> oh, that's but. awesome. I also love at the beginning of this song where he says, you're the only one, two, three, four. Yes. I just like yeah. how he just that play yeah. on words. I always I always yeah. like that. It's great. Kind of just builds I mean, the count into the drums coming in, which is awesome. I say, and there's nothing more punk rock than counting in the drums. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Got to have that. And and give him credit. He counts on time. Yeah. Well, you probably have a many... click track to go to. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's playing along, <laughs> but I don't know how many times I've heard like drummers count into songs and they're not even on time. They just like count whatever. And then the song starts at whatever tempo. Yeah. It's like, All right. That's cool. That's Part of cool. it's just about doing it the technique. It's not about doing it right, I guess. Totally. <laughs> right. There you go. So let's move on to the next track, which is Reckless Abandoned.
Um, now, for this record, we actually, um, you sent like a series of songs, and I was like, oh, well, this is easy because I enjoy all of these songs, and this one in particular is by far my favorite song on this album. Yeah, that's and awesome. It's actually up there as potentially one of, if not my absolute favorite Blink song. It's between this and Untitled off of Dude Ranch is what I would um, mm. claim are my favorite Blink-182 songs, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I love it. And every single EP that I recorded in any band that I was ever in um, always had a song that featured, like, the effect that they have on the beginning of this song, like the oh, lo-fi yeah. effect. Um, it started. I, I can't say it was because of this song necessarily, but I've always been a fan of that sound. And so when this song kind of starts with a little bit of like the almost like the vinyl crackle in the background, and then the lo-fi Tom singing over the guitar, um, I've always dug it. And it actually this song makes me think um, of the song "Mutt" off of Enema of the State, only because it feels a little bit like. Again, I, and I said this about the song Mutt, about a different song, that it makes me feel like he's singing about a character that he's sung about before. Um, mm. Just like this this guy who just kind of whatever does his own thing and whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing because he doesn't really give a care as to how people view him is sort of like the, the vibe I get from this song as well as Mutt. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of my own narrative that I've painted in those songs. But what are your thoughts on Reckless Abandon? Yeah, this is, I mean, yeah, such a classic song. It's super memorable. As soon as it comes on, it just takes me right back. You know, the last the last song had Mark starting just with him in the bass, and this one is with Tom and the guitar. So yeah. It's kind of funny how those, you know. That's fitting, yeah. Take a turn with that. Um, yeah, the guitar, in the, you know, verse has an interesting tone to it. It's more of a clean guitar sound, but it adds a nice depth to the song. It's got another awesome chorus, cool lead riff in the song. You know, it's simple, but it fills out the song, like we've mentioned lots about uh, Blink riffs. It's got a really nice instrumental bridge. It gives the song, you know, some room to breathe before going back into the chorus. And, yeah, the song's just pieced together really nice. The parts really play off each other well. And, yeah, just the song's done. It's like, oh, I kind of want to listen to that again. Yeah. There was a while back I made, um, I was just thinking, I was like, why is this song, there's something ringing in my head. And um, a while back, I was going on a road trip, which is fitting because this is um, our last episode we're recording before I go on a road trip. And I'd made this like throwback playlist or whatever that was purely just songs that were from like high school, but it was only one song per band sort of thing. And this was the song out of all the songs that I picked for Blink was Reckless Abandon mm. because it's oh yeah, it's always struck a chord with me. Yeah. And I think it's it's not necessarily the lyrics, you know. I'm like, sure, they're fine, whatever. I'm not there's not a whole lot to hold on to there to be like, man, such good lyrics or what have you, but yeah, just like the melody of the song, the, how the song's structured, just like you mentioned the pieces just kind of fitting together um so well. So, let's move on to uh our third and final song that we're going to look at off of Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. And that's every time I look for you. Never found out why you left him, but this answer begs that question. Too blind to see tomorrow, too broke to beg or borrow. Young and stupid, left wide open. Hearts are wasted, lives are broken. One more point of contention, I need some intervention. Approach with vain intentions, betray my short attention. Spend the distance, bridge the border, beg forgiveness, round the corner. 
Yeah, so this song was... <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> was featured in American Pie 2. So this song taps into the theme of teenage love, an aspect Blink describes so eloquently in many of their songs. The fast-paced guitar and drums complement the idea of fleeting young love, something many listeners can relate to. The protagonist, however, is disillusioned with not being able to be with a girl who transfixes his heart, body, and mind. Wow, very in-depth. <laughs> Every Time I Look For You has no specific lyrical basis, according to Hoppus. So. <laughs> there you go. I guess uh, two, two different uh, ideas there. Yeah, <laughs> so this is another intro with uh, just singing and a guitar. So how about that? How did we do that? That's fantastic. <laughs> but the guitar is uh, playing kind of a cool offbeat pattern. Um, so this is which I think is Tom drawing from some of those more post-hardcore bands, you know, where he just kind of plays that one guitar chord, but, you know, not just playing straight, but kind of a different um, pattern. I love the verses with the bass and drums taking the lead. It has a really great bridge in the song. The guitars take a turn to a much bigger sound and brings a cool dynamic to the song. Really simple guitar parts, but they play the part really well and carry the song, you know, as we've mentioned many times. And I think that just keeps coming up. It always stands out, and it's like... Sometimes, you know, you hear a band and, you know, like, say, like, well, not, yeah, like, say, like, Green Day, where it's like this, you know, you listen, it's like, this is really simple, and they're meaning it to be, and, you know, Blink does something similar, but I think they, you know, it's just a bit different, they're not just playing the power chords, you know, they're playing different parts, but, yeah, it's just something about it, it's simple, but it's so good, like, it just, they know how to piece the songs together so well with simple parts. And I mean, this is the song that I was talking about as well, where I was like, oh, when you mentioned you can hear kind of some of those early boxcar racer sort of things going on. And it was specifically, as you mentioned, like the octave chord that he plays like on the right. chorus. And he's just kind of doing that. Right. Like sort of thing. You're like, as you're saying, it's not just like a straight like da 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 sort of thing. Um, and. Yeah, and I just love how it kind of sticks for the entirety of the chorus, right? Like each yeah. time he just hits that and he just plays it through. Uh, the back and forth between Mark and Tom on like the pre-chorus, I like as well. Yeah. I've always enjoyed when they kind of do, you know, they they just like um, sort of ping pong lines back and forth. I've always enjoyed that because uh, they always did it. You know, there's there's bands that have like the almost like well blink for sure has two lead singers but then other bands who you know are pretty close like i think of taking back sunday mm. where you know they had a lot of dual vocals going on but i always felt like taking back sunday their approach to it was like more chaotic and right. more frantic whereas like blink 182 it's like it's just well paced and well like laid out and it but it, but i i do love the back and forth and the bridge um you described it as you know like huge guitars or whatever i actually think it it's pretty heavy like when it kind of cuts down to just the guitar playing that octave riff and then yeah. comes back in, um, you know, if it were a boxcar racer song, that's where you get kind of like a chunky riff versus more what you get here is just kind of like the rhythm guitars, just like, you know, getting big and really coming through. And then it kind of opens up again to go back to the final chorus. And it really does drive, you know, the song home. It's, it's, it is a it's a great song. In fact, my my first note that I actually had for this song, I skipped over it, but was just classic Blink song. Like <laughs> it's it's so good in everything that they do. But that's that's again this album, you know, like as a, as a whole, I don't think there's really a skippable song on it. Even the singles, I don't think are really that skippable. Yeah, they yeah. may be the ones that are a little more like rock show specifically. I've 
is it's a fine song. It's never oh, been I my favorite. It's funny because it's never been my favorite by any means. Like first date, I always enjoyed, and I think it's because of like the video that accompanies it is pretty funny and whatever, right? right? And Rock Show's got a humorous video as well, yeah. I guess. But but um, but first date just stuck with me more, I think. So um, yeah, did you have any? Did you want to talk about some other songs on this one? Uh, just well, in brief. I, I like like all the songs off of there. Yeah, I mean, I I do like the. The singles, I mean, I'd probably like say I like the singles off of this better than, you know, Enema, you know, if I'm comparing, right. um, yep. you know, What's My Age Again and all the small things. I think they, which, and, and these are the ones where they basically said, like, oh, we'll write them in 10 minutes. Yeah. So it's like, man, that's that's a pretty good song for 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, and I'd say for sure, like, the if I want to say, did they both have three proper singles on each album? Because Enema would have had... Uh, all the small things. What's my age again? And Adam, Adam song. song. Yeah. This had first date, rock show, and stay together for the kids for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's another good one too. Maybe, maybe I'm missing one or two here or there, but for sure, those three songs on "Take Off Your Pants" I think are far superior. Uh, I could. I mean, here's the thing. Maybe I'm wrong. Like all the small things is a pretty great song that yeah, I just I heard like them for sure. So many times, right? Yeah. Like, but they there's a reason that song blew up for them. Um, I do like What's My Age Again. I still like all the small things in Adam's song. I'll play, I've been playing Adam's song on guitar a lot lately for whatever reason, just because it's real quick and simple to play on the acoustic guitar and just pick it up and play. But um, but yeah, the three singles that I mentioned off of uh, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket is just so, I, I think they're, they're stronger for sure. It was interesting as to watch them go into this album and see, you know, like, because Adam's song was kind of their first real, like, serious song. Yeah. Um, that, that dealt with some harder stuff. And then it felt, it did feel a little like it became routine for bands in the pop punk scene in the early 2000s to have that, like, one serious song. I was just uh, going to mention that. Yeah, that they would go into. Cause I, and I can remember, like, I don't know how many of their videos would start with, you know, like the, oh, if you're you know the like the suicide prevention right, line yeah. or kids help phone or whatever right like those different things um because there, there were definitely a few of those bands at that time that you know had those videos come out i can think of good charlotte like simple plan had one um anyway yeah so it, it felt at first for me like but when i go back to that song stay together for the kids i'm like man it still hits so hard like yeah. those choruses are massive oh yeah and again really simple like i think it's you know three yeah. chords but yeah, yeah I, just the melodies that they put I with it. I think it's just two chords on the chorus. Oh, I yeah. I think it literally be. goes, but I want to say it goes between a G and then like a, an F sharp over D or whatever. And it just goes back and forth between those. He might kind of do like a da-da-da, like walk back up. Right, But yeah. they're, they're just massive. They're yeah. huge. And, I mean, they accompanied it with a video where like a wrecking ball was smashing through a house, right? And it's like, all right. <laughs> so do you feel like they did that? because of Adam's song and like do you think there was any pressure with that or it just kind of came naturally or yeah that's the thing I, I don't know um, it felt that way I know at the time for me but like looking back like I still liked the song even at that time right yeah. like it just felt like oh right these bands put out these records and much like at that time too it felt like there was always on a lot of these records an acoustic song right like um, yeah. it was like oh here's this here's the more serious song um, and when I mean serious, I, I think I just mean more like introspective. Right. Um, yeah, it's not a negative lyrics. thing by any means. No, no, not at all. And I mean, not every one of Blink-182's songs anyway was, you know, 
a joke song or whatever, right? Like, um, but yeah, it was it it definitely stood out going into it. But as as time has kind of gone on, I think you know if you're looking at their serious songs, quote unquote, I think it's definitely kind of the, the stronger out of them all and and i mean they would become a band that would kind of get more serious as time went on anyway right as yeah. we kind of saw looking and we'll see looking into you know some of some of their later stuff but another yeah, no. random note about this i i remember i mean we've talked lots of times about you know liner notes and band pictures yeah and i remember the picture of tom in this you know he'd grown his bangs out and they were kind of you know right. Over his eyes, whatever, yeah. and just thinking like, "Oh man, that looks so cool." I and know. <laughs> I could never pull that off. My hair was always like too thick, and yeah, yeah. If yeah. I ever tried doing that, it would just look terrible. It's it's funny to look back at like the photos on that one now because they're like all standing there wearing these like like baggy black dickies, like they were about to like. I don't think it's a it should be any sort of surprise that like the next wave of like you know, kind of pop punk sort of thing that would come along would definitely be way more emo tinged, right? Like, and I mean, they were a part of that with Untitled and songs like I Miss You and stuff like that, right? But yeah, to look at them, they were all wearing all black and I'm sure like Atticus shirts or whatever from, I have, I have the, like, I have this album on vinyl. Um, and so I'm like, when you open it up, they're just giant pictures, oh, right? Awesome. So I'm like, it's pretty sweet. Cause yeah, I mean, so it's the album on vinyl and then it came with seven inches for each of the the oh, secret wow. tracks right awesome. so there's yeah so there's three three different i think the vinyl are on the seven inches are all black though but like obviously the the labels are the different colors and then one side is one of the secret songs and then the other side is the other one but anyway enough about take off your pants and jacket um we're not going to talk about cheshire cat we're going to talk about neighborhoods <laughs> Um, okay, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll read off kind of some things here first, and then kind of get into more of my my thoughts on this album. But it was their first album since. It's funny that we didn't go through because I don't think our plan was to go through all of these Blink albums. I think it was right. like we'll do two episodes on Blink, and then we'll do this and this, and it's turned into like by the end of it, we may cover them all. But um, this was the first album since going on an indefinite hiatus in 2005 after tensions arose in the band. That's kind of come up different times through. Um, through our episodes and they decided to reunite after the death of producer and friend Jerry Finn and after the plane crash that nearly took Travis Barker's life um, which he wrote extensively about in his autobiography and it's absolutely insane that he even survived that 
Definitely. Um, and the album was constructed over a few years with the guys kind of working from different locations and different side projects and stuff sort of getting in the way, really slowing uh, the pace down to create it. In fact, the label ended up, yeah, they, they had to, I think, cancel. It was an Australian tour, or is it tour overseas anyways? It might have been a European tour or something. Yeah. They, had to, they had to cancel it, and then the label was like, okay, guys, here's your deadline. Get it done, because they were just sort of spinning their wheels, it seemed like, for a bit. Um, and it features numerous influences from each member's upbringing. Um, in fact, I, I don't know who it was that actually said this, but they kind of refer to the album as a representation of different neighborhoods growing up different places kind of and that's sort of where that i think that i don't know if that's where the name came from or if they just kind of had the name of the mm. album and then tagged that along with it but uh and when it was finally released it debuted at number two on the billboard charts now i completely forgot about this album when talking about like oh let's do another blink episode right and so that, hence the reason I, I i mentioned cheshire cat so sorry to anyone who is like oh they're gonna talk about cheshire cat now I feel like we may have to do that in the future as well. But <laughs> it just keeps going. That's the problem with Blink-182, yeah. is yeah, they have good. so many good albums. Yeah. Um, but So this album I kind of always forget about, but I will say with 100% confidence, this is Blink-182's most underrated album. And I think it's fair to say that because a lot of, like the, the critical reception itself was pretty split. And a lot of people, when they talk about Blink-182, I've, I've heard people say, like, oh, these are their good albums, you know, and, and list off albums. And they'd be like, and then there's, like, Neighborhoods. And, you know, like, people, it, it seemed, weren't overly happy with it. And I didn't yeah. actually, uh, I didn't listen to it when it came out because I was kind of like, you know, I, I did really well keeping up with Blink-182 for the longest time. And then, I mean, obviously they went on, I think it was eight years between albums. So it was, yeah. it was a long time. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I, you know, I didn't have that like hype. I don't remember of being like, Oh, blinks back together. They got a new album coming yeah. out. I gotta hear it. I know I heard it over time, but it wasn't like something I went out and bought by any means, but yeah. I listen to it now and absolutely love it. I don't know if there's a really bad song on the album. There might be like some kind of production things where I'm like, uh, it feels like it just needs a little kick in the pants basically yeah at different parts but it's i think it's great like it's got boxcar sounding blink which we kind of referred to on you know take off your pants and jacket some early boxcar stuff angels and airwaves sounding blink untitled sounding blink there's even like old school blink riffs on this album like there's it's it kind of covers it all in a really good way um by yeah like i said my only kind of real my only real complaint about the album is that I don't know if it's the production sometimes that feels like it's like, eh, it just needs something. Or if it's like, you can kind of tell that the band wasn't necessarily all in it together at the yeah. same time. Yeah. But the songs I think are still really great and they're still there. So uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I, I echo a lot of what you said. Um, yeah. I didn't, you know, there's such a break in there and I kind of, you know, shifted to heavier music in those years. And yeah, yeah, I don't remember being super excited about it. I mean, I remember seeing the singles and the videos and thinking like, okay, like it's okay, but I can kind of tell it's, it's not what it's going to be. And, you know, see different feedback right. or reviews. And, um, so I don't remember exactly when I checked it out, but I, I like the image of, you know, different neighborhoods. Cause that kind of represents how I feel about this album. Like it, to me, as I listen through it, it, it does feel a bit all over the place to me and um I, I definitely don't appreciate it as much as as you like it's it's not one that 
when I listen to it makes me want to go back and listen again. It kind of is like, okay, I know which songs I really like, so I'll just kind of go back to those ones. Right. Um, yeah, it was a bit more of a struggle to kind of to get through it. And so I don't know if that's, yeah, like you said, you know, them kind of piecing it together a bit more. The production's not as tight. You know, there's some influences in there that I don't love as much. I mean, Tom had really moved, you know, more towards the angels and airwaves kind of arena yeah. rock sound and yeah. so some of that i mean it's fine but just doesn't really do the same thing for me i think his version of arena rock is great <laughs> like yeah. I, i'm not i wouldn't say I'm, I'm a huge angels and airwaves fan by any means but there is something about the sound that he kind of goes for that i'm always like oh yeah like i can i can see why people get into this and there are a couple angels and airways albums i do actually really like but um let's get into let's get into the songs let's start with hearts all gone Yeah, this is uh, probably my, my favorite off of the album. Um, so Mark Hoppus actually composed two versions of this song. So he did one fast one and one slow. Um, the mm. slow one ended up being, so it's the kind of the interlude before. So on this oh, album, yeah, okay. there's a yep. Hearts All Gone interlude, which I never really picked up on before. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of cool. They, you know, It's cool to hear a song done you know, two different ways and just to kind of see where it came from and what the idea was. So Hearts All Gone is a fast-paced song that harks back to the earlier music of Blink, which is probably why I enjoy it so much. Um, it's an unofficial single from Neighborhoods. And the song is about someone who doesn't care for a relationship, who one believes is the perfect person, but turns out disappointing you and breaking your heart. He uses the phrase, your heart's all gone, to show how the love, passion, and charisma has faded from that person. This, this song has a really great drum opening. It's got a classic, you know, Travis Barker feel to it. Um, it's got a really cool, like he's doing this fill in the song. And he, every, I think it's every third time he kind of lags the fill. And right. uh, I just, I always love that. It always just catches me off guard. And I just, right. it makes that part just stand out so much more. I don't really love the guitar tone on this song. Um, yeah. And I don't mention, I mean, we've talked about guitar tone and usually it's not, a huge issue for me but yeah like we said i felt like it was just really kind of lacking the energy on this i could have used a bit more body and maybe a bit more chunkiness or distortion yeah, i know that's it, what it gets well i was gonna say i noticed a few times on this record that his guitar tone gets more fuzz than distortion at times like yeah i don't there are some songs where it's fine but that is like when it when i talk about like the production kind of lacking at times like that's where i hear it most which is is a little bit sad because I love Tom's guitar playing, and so when it just doesn't quite pay off fully, it's like, it's it is a little disappointing. But I mean, I had that same complaint. Not that it was Tom, but the same complaint about Plus Forty Four. I don't think the guitar yeah. 
production on this record, the guitar tones on this record are nearly as off putting as plus forty four though. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just one of those things that's like I just would have added yeah. that much more punch to it. Yeah. Sure. I also found it interesting that Mark does all the vocal harmonies on this song. I wonder if that was just, you know, easier to record it himself. But I, I do wonder what, what that would have added to it had Tom been doing the harmonies right. just to kind of add that different dynamic to it. But, I mean, I love Tom or uh, Mark's voice, and so when he does harmonies, it sounds good. But yeah. it would have been nice to just to kind of have that extra little bit on there. It's got a really cool bridge again that creates a good space in the song and lots of great drumming on this on this one. Yeah. So really appreciate yeah, I mean, that. My main notes on this song were I absolutely love like the breakdown in, instrumental bridge part in this song. Uh, the chorus is super catchy, but it's also like, it's not like a big like hooky chorus necessarily. Yeah. I just think like he just comes in and hits it and it, I don't know, it works. And also I wrote like, it feels like Blink, but it also feels like a different band. Um, yeah, I, I agree. No, what that is necessarily. But yeah, I saw like the notes about, you know, it kind of like harkening back to their earlier years and what have you and i don't know if that's just basically in like the speed of the song that people are picking that up like it, it, because yeah. it's definitely there but yeah it feels a little bit like a different band at the same time which is also that's okay that's okay yeah right? i think like, it fits this album had it been uh you know like a dump weed style blink yeah. song it would have felt out of place on this so i think yeah. they did a good job of bringing those elements in without it making it feel like, oh, they just put this on here for this. Yeah. Like, it yeah, still yeah, totally. fits it. You know, it misses the mark a little bit, but I think it, it does do well for what it was intended. Yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, the next song off this album. Uh, that would be This Is Home. So this is one that uh, I, I picked. I think this was the only one on the list that you didn't have on your extensive lists. I was surprised. Yeah. I will say this. I was surprised that when you sent your songs for Neighborhoods that you had picked as many as you did. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, like I'm expecting Neighborhoods will be a little bit more of, you know, like a little bit more work knowing kind of like what you preferred in the Blink sound. And then when you sent me, I think you had like five songs or so. Yeah, and I yeah, was like. Listen. All right, but this one, this one, I did want to touch on. There were a few in there that you had as well that, you know, I was like, oh, or do we do this one? Or do we do this? It was, anyway, this one I wanted to get into. Um, I think it might be the most '80s influenced song on mm. the record, which really plays to the storytelling that Tom's doing in the lyrics, because the lyrics remind me, uh, they kind of play a scene of like, you know, I what I get from it anyway is like, the '80s like hardcore punk scene, you know, like these underground shows that are being busted up, broken up by the cops, cops showing up and chasing everyone off sort of thing. Um, there is, 
it's I don't I don't know I, I kind of hear it he talks about you know riots going on the punks are rioting and whatever and the cops are showing up and stuff like that um, and I don't know if there's a message behind this song in saying like that you know music is you know the great escape for these people you know whether Tom's writing strictly from his heart um, or whatever and it doesn't matter kind of like what gets in the way or what tries to shut them down sort of thing they know every time they're just going to come back because they want it they want to do it again right like yeah. um not necessarily going because they're like oh this is great when the cops show up but just being like doesn't matter man like we're going to the show sort of thing we're going to you know shout along and whatnot and i think it's i think it's pretty great and it just reminds me of you know different uh, like documentaries or movies or what have you that are based kind of like in the 80s punk scene i'm like yeah that seems pretty cool yeah, I have. Uh, I'm, I think I must have mistyped something because I say it's got a very new Tom guitar riff to start the song. I'm not <laughs> sure if "new" is the right word, so I can't even remember what I was writing. But <laughs> yeah, but it continues throughout the verses, which is cool. You know, it doesn't. You know, often there'll be you know an intro, then it'll go to something else, but it, right. it keeps this one. There's kind of a cool kind of synth part playing in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I didn't really love this song overall um some of like the kind of vocal parts and you know just kind of rip, um I can't remember what the lyrics are and was like i i i i or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. And I, 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 yeah there was just yeah. something in there that was just a little too little too jangy for me and so i think like you mentioned the synth um and then just the, like the way he sings the chorus i think are what like really remind me of like 80s new wave sort of yeah, thing right for sure. like and, and and i think why it stands out like this one I think mostly stands out for me lyrically, but I also think because it is a fair bit different, right? Like that's not, I don't know how often they really did outside of Nana's like that kind of really repetitive sort of right. thing like that. Right. It, it was, it was kind of different. I don't, yeah. I wonder what the new Tom guitar riff was <laughs> that you're referring to, but, um, or what the word was supposed to be, but yeah, this, this song, I just thought, it, to wrap wrap up talking about this one is just it, lyrically i just really dug it and kind of could sort of get into it and and it would like create an image in my mind when i listen yeah, to I it right of, of this show sort of being shut down or what have you but that'll lead us into the final song that we're going to talk about in any depth off of neighborhoods which is mh4 18 2011 <laughs> Um, 
But I was the, the thing I want to say real quick is I often wondered what the title meant, and then I realized I read a thing that it's just the name, the name of the file on Mark's computer for this song. So it was yes. MH for Mark Hoppus, and then the date it was created. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this one is, yeah, and they liked it because they thought it sounded like a virus or something. Which is, so they thought it was yeah, which is very fitting cool for, <laughs> for the world right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Mark Hoppus recorded all the guitars in addition to his usual bass and vocals for this song. So it's hmm. also, um, yeah, whether that kind of played into it or not, I, I didn't realize he had kind of done that on these um, on this album. But, you know, like we said, yeah. they kind of broke it up and did different things and... So maybe Which it is, just... it's interesting because on this song, the thing I really like about it, and I mean, this is a Travis Barker thing, but maybe it's just Travis playing off of the guitars that Mark has written, is that um, it reminded me, I want to say, of a song off of the Plus 44 record, just how like when Travis gets into like the the hat, snare, and bass all at the same time, just going, bop, 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 yeah, bop, yeah. bop, right? Like, and just doing this kind of like straightforward, like, um, hitting everything at the same time sort of thing. I feel like there's, I can't remember offhand, but I feel like there was a song on Plus 44 that we covered that I was like, oh, it's what stood out about that song too. Yeah, and he doesn't do that the next time. The next time he's just playing a normal, which yeah. I, I thought it was cool because I was kind of expecting him to come and he did that and I was like, okay, I, I like yeah. that. And yeah, this this song definitely has a bit of a different sound for Blink. It has almost more of a alternative rock kind of 90s sound to it. Um, which 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 I like it. It's cool to hear kind of their take on that. I really like Mark's vocals on this, um, on this song and this and this whole album. I like I like his vocals better than Tom's. I don't know if it was the. And I mean, I've mentioned this before, just about liking Mark more. But so I don't know if it was the time in between. I just I felt like Mark's songs on here are strong and his vocals are really smooth. I just found at times Tom's just seemed kind of really choppy and kind of forced or. I don't know. There was just a number of yeah. times I was listening. I was like, ah, so it's kind of like just feels just not natural. Well, and I think that was like, I mean, one of the big things going on with the band anyways was that, right. you know, Tom wasn't entirely on board and committed, it seemed, right? Like, and I mean, that was what people would talk about before, you know, Tom finally left the second time or was or was kicked out or what have you. Um, and then Matt came in and, you know, how it just seemed like, eh, he just doesn't care anymore right and to see him now i feel like doing what he's doing with angels and airwaves and obviously all of his to the stars stuff um the angels and airwaves stuff he definitely feels and looks like he's kind of gotten some of that back like he doesn't seem as nonchalant as maybe he was at that time and i don't know what really played into that if it was just you know his heart was elsewhere musically or not but um i do find it interesting it's it's interesting where you know, kind of like an inspiration for a song can come from. Because I guess like when Mark wrote this song, he was driving down the freeway and a helicopter flew over low. And like, so there was this big helicopter shadow that flew over his vehicle, right? And he's like, oh, yeah. And so he's like, oh, I should write a song about living, you know, basically kind of like in a war-torn sort of place where like helicopters are buzzing around all the time. And so there's all this, you know, imagery and, and whatnot used in this song of people being, you know, pulled out at gunpoint and stuff like just all this sort of different stuff that I was like, man, he's driving down the freeway, maybe in rush hour, a helicopter flies over a little low and he's like, got an idea for a song. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I, 
I've got a note here about that lyric. Like that one really stood out to me. That stop living the shadow of a helicopter. Like, yeah. What What does that mean? But yeah. That That makes sense when you kind of have that context to it. That's That's a, a yeah. cool line to pull out. There's a great yeah. chorus on the song too. That's definitely the highlight of the song for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the highlight for me is mentioning, you know, Travis's drums early on in the song. Right. Like, oh, this feels different, which again, on Plus 44, that was the same thing. Like, oh, this feels different. Um, so that's pretty cool. So uh, I did want to cover just a couple of the singles real quick, unless uh, yeah. you had. No, go for uh, it. So Up All Night was a single off this. And it's for me, it's very like boxcar racer-esque song, like the riff especially, that opening riff that he comes in. Yeah. And, the back and forth vocals I love. The drop out into the chorus uh, is it kind of like the music cuts back. It's just good. And then another single off this one is After Midnight, which is interesting because it reminds me of Angels and Airwaves. So there's different parts on this record yeah. where you sort of definitely hear, um, you know, like the, the guys pulling influences or like not necessarily ideas, but just like sounds from the other projects that they've worked on, you know, over the years or what have you. Uh, and then named it Blink-182. But I figured before we got out of this, we could talk about um, some comments that uh, people said. So i got to find this one now. I had it, and now it's gone. Um, oh, there we go. So this is coming from... I I like that we get the same people that are commenting because I'm posting about Blink-182, so like all the ones that are big fans of Blink-182 are reaching out. But So yeah, this is Peter. Awesome. Yeah, so this is... Pete or Peter from a different podcast I do called Me and Pete All About Fallout Boy. Um, but he says Neighborhoods is a great album upon revisiting. It's strange because it really wasn't that good when it came out, but with some breathing room it turned into something really good. And then he adds, I think nine might end up like that too. Mm. Um, which is interesting. I actually I, I've I've said this before, I was a fan of nine more so than California. It just, I mean it it just felt different anyway. Um, so then on Instagram um, we kind of laughed about this one. Mike Romeo, or Romeo, uh, he said, I'd ra- "Yeah, he said I'd rather listen to a gun go off in my mouth." So cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> Doctor Overtime says that Neighborhoods is easily uh, it says Neighborhoods easily my most favorite Blink album. Ghost on the Dance Floor is definitely a subtle jam. Uh, so that's kind of cool. And then uh, David from Jimmy Eat Pod says, "Take off your pants and jacket." He's always got like a novel that he that he writes. <laughs> Yeah, take like off your, those. yeah, take off your pants and jacket is my favorite Blink record. All eyes were on the band. How were they going to follow up Enema? While Rock Show was a great lead single, Anthem Part 2 was the thesis of the band's direction, which we didn't talk about Anthem Part 2. Yeah, that is um, an awesome opening. I remember just a, loving that. Fantastic opening track. Uh, he says, I went to a local warehouse music store on that Tuesday release day and bought all three copies, each version in a different color, uh, including these single stickers, which we talked about. And he said, I'd say Anthem Part 2 is the song that solidifies this as my favorite record. But the summer that followed uh, this record was epic. It was the summer before my senior year in high school. I was driving. I was free, which is a fantastic. We're yeah. all in the same boat, I feel. Yeah. And he says, Neighborhoods was a long time coming, to say the least. I was disappointed by some moves the band made before its delayed release. And I had to convince myself to like the lead singer, uh, lead, the lead singer, the lead single Up All Night. Hearts All Gone was a much better re- uh, reintroduction to the band, and that made me stoked for the record. It leaked while I was on my honeymoon, and I got a nod from my wife that I could download it. She knew nice. she'd lose me for the night. And she had the thought uh, to drive around Kauai that night to listen to it. Uh, that's the memory I had closest about that record, or I hold closest about that record. There are gems of ideas there, but overall, it's rightfully lamented. Um, uh 
Dogs Eat Dog was a step in the right direction a year mm. later. Dogs Eating Dogs? I can't remember. Yeah, I think um, it was. But uh, yeah, and so, I mean, the rightfully lamented thing, it's like, it's an interesting album for me because I feel like it's one that has kind of aged gracefully, um, for me anyway, because early on I was kind of like, ah, you know, it's fine, it's okay, uh, nothing special here. But the more I've listened to it over the years, it's just like there will be songs that just kind of like sneak up on you and be like, this is actually pretty good. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a what are what are what are your final thoughts on these two records? Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, there was however many how many year, what year did Neighborhoods come out in? Uh, was that 2011. That's the first. Yeah, that's what comes to mind. I yeah, I think I remember seeing that because yeah, there was sort of been ten years in between. So yeah. yeah, it definitely goes to show, you know, just the time in there. You know, you add uh, the untitled album in there and a, a hiatus. It definitely shows that you know there was a break and a shift in, mm-hmm. you know, things going on in their lives. You know, obviously stuff going on with Travis and yeah. Um, so I, I I think if you take all those into into regard then it's it's a lot more cohesive than maybe just a random listener putting it on or maybe you know right. just listening to take off your pants and then this one it would seem a lot more disjointed if you didn't kind of have all that other information in there and taking yeah. that into account so um yeah it, like i said it's probably not a record i'm gonna go back to a ton because they have so many other awesome ones that mean a lot more to me so yeah. But for for kind of the whole you know discography, it definitely has a, a good spot in there, and yeah, um, yeah lots of good stuff yeah. in there. I, I'd agree in a sense that like if I'm sitting back and I'm like, man, what do I want to listen to? Oh, I want to listen to Blink One Eighty Two. Very rarely am I going to go. Oh, I really want to listen to Neighborhoods. I'm probably yeah. going to go to you know more specifically Dude Ranch, Enema of the State, or Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Like those were like the pink pink <laughs> the peak blink 182 years for me uh and that's likely what i'm gonna go back to yeah. um but this is a nice like mix up every now and then um for for neighborhoods for sure but so anyway i think that's gonna wrap up the episode make sure you go follow us twitter and instagram at growing punk pods you can find our personal twitters and instagrams there as well as i said we're on facebook we're everywhere uh including all the podcast apps wherever you're listening to this make sure you rate it review subscribe tell all your friends i have no idea what's coming up next we got to figure it out but hey <laughs> yeah didn't think about that. It, it is what it is i mean it doesn't matter i said last last episode what was coming up next and i changed it anyway so there you go coming up next we're going to do a special on the killers that's going to do it though so goodbye I, I am. It's a perfectly normal uh, thing for two human beings. Yeah, uh, to what, do. Are you, what are you is, doing? This is human nature. Human nature at its best. Sean, everybody does it. Your mother and I, uh, well, not so much anymore. Dr. But we, uh, oh, my God, that's oh. fucking... Oh. Oh. Oh.